I have never desired your good opinion. People fear what they do not understand. I have a headache, a badge, and a gun. Power is yours. Behave. I was just trying to start a conversation. And share the wonders I've seen. Hi, and welcome to The Wonders I've Seen, where there's no such thing as weird or normal. There's just different. I'm your host, Tanagra, and thanks for joining me for today's The Lone Wonders. In these segments, we discuss topics that need a little less time, but just as much passion. Today's Lone Wonder comes to you from me. I'll be discussing Freeform's new teenage superhero drama, Cloak and Dagger. How they fixed the racism of the comic books and made the police both enemy and ally. So, let's start wondering. The first time I saw Cloak and Dagger, I thought it was the most racist comic book I had ever seen. A black man who is the physical embodiment of fears and a white woman who is the physical embodiment of hope. If you're not familiar with the comics, let me give you a little bit of a TLDR from Wikipedia. Tyrone Ty Johnson Cloak and Tandy Bowen Dagger meet in New York City as runaways. Tyrone is a 17-year-old boy from Boston, Massachusetts with a debilitating stutter and run away from New York City when a speech impediment prevented him from stopping his friend from being shot by the police, who mistakenly believed he had just robbed a store. Tandy is a 16-year-old girl from a privileged upbringing, born in Shaker Heights, Ohio, who ran away because her multimillionaire supermodel mom was too busy with her career and social life to spend time with her daughter. When they meet, Tyrone considers stealing Tandy's purse, but before he can, a thief steals it and Tyrone retrieves it for her. Afterwards, they have dinner and become fast friends. When naive Tandy accepts an offer of shelter from some strange men, Larry Tyrone goes along to protect her. The two teens are soon forcibly delivered to criminal chemist, who's developing a new synthetic heroin and testing it on runaway teens with fatal results. Tandy and Tyrone somehow survive the injection of the drug, and during their escape, the drugs turn them into superpowered beings. So ultimately, if you're familiar with the X-Men, you know that some people are born with the latent X gene. And when something happens, either traumatic or some sort of chemical experiment, this is activated and their superpowers, um, they, they realize their superpowers. So basically, that's where Cloak and Dagger fell on the mutant to science experiment scale, or rather, I guess, human to, to mutant scale. Um, and... How they get their powers in all honesty is really not that important in the original uh, story. It just sort of gives an excuse for them to have their back powers. How they meet um, cast Tyrone in this sort of desperate uh, black boy on the street stealing the purse from this um, misunderstood white teenage girl. And when you see the physical and the physical portrayals, how they're drawn and depicted in the comics, um, it's very problematic that Tyrone, the young black man, is fear, and Tandy, the blonde white woman, is hope. That's how they're shown. There's a history in literature um, of black, dark being evil. This goes to the idea of darkness being scary, the idea of people or things with darker skin being scary, the idea that dark means evil. And the same, therefore, can be said of light. So people who with white skin, lighter skin, are seen as good, better, pure, where dark black is dirty. So that they cast them in these roles is automatically problematic. And I give credit to the writing cast of the Freeform show that um, 
they went through a lot of trouble to not perpetuate both those stereotypes and that dichotomy of black is bad, white is good, black is fear, white is hope. Um, and a lot of it has to do with the reinvention, particularly of the character Tandy. And I, that sounds, um, it might sound that like a lot of the show hinges on her, but it's more that in taking her away from being this quote unquote poor white girl who runs away from her rich family because she's not getting enough attention, attention that she is in the comics. Instead, they make her, um, she's there when her father dies. And in the, in the TV show, she's a survivor of a car crash, the same car crash that her father died, after which her mother, who is addicted to pain killers, um, loses everything because the father died and they lost all of their money with his death. Um, and it cast his name um, into a negative light, but also just because she's addicted to painkillers. So even then she can no longer keep up a job. She doesn't maintain one. And so uh, Tandy is the daughter of a very, very broken home. Tyrone, you see the opposite. He has two loving parents. Um, the way his brother dies is actually he is not committing a crime. Instead, Tyrone decides that he wants to commit a crime and his brother goes to stop him. And in the accident that causes the death of Tandy's father, it's the same accident that surprises the cop who is chasing after Tyrone and his brother who's trying to stop him from committing a crime. The cop gets scared, kills Tyrone's brother. And therefore, Tyrone blames himself, and rightly so, for the death of his brother. But he, when you meet him years later, he's the star basketball player at his school. He's talking to a, a cute cheerleader, which I appreciate the fact that she was Black. And he has very loving parents, so his burden is loving parents who are, are you know, the same way any other parent is for their child. But they add on the extra fear of what it means to be a Black parent, and I think it's really well done because there's a moment where Tyrone's saying, like, you no matter what I do, like, you like you're gonna you think I'm gonna end up like my brother, you think I'm gonna end up on the street. And she's like, No, and his mom's like, No matter what you do, I'm worried that they'll still get to you, that it won't make a difference. That's my fear. And I appreciate the fact that the writers have really put in effort of showing what it means to be a young black man in uh, our current system and in our current political and social climate that they place the TV show in New Orleans known as Chocolate City that has such a large black population currently and historically is also really important and it adds also another element of the history of that city to the powers that Cloak and Dagger have because in all honesty the, where the powers of Cloak and Dagger come from isn't as a as important, right? So whether it's a science experiment, whether they're mutants, whether it's from some unknown ancient power that's under the earth as it is in the TV show, that what matters is how those powers manifest in Tandy, how they manifest in Tyrone. And ultimately though, who those characters are outside of their powers. Um, and I think it's very important that when they have Tandy and Tyrone meet, uh, he just thinks she's some white girl who, uh, goes around stealing stuff because they meet with her stealing his wallet and she just thinks he's some privileged uh, 
boy, like, oh, you think your life is so hard because, like, oh, your your parents are suffering with your older brother dying. Um, and they have oh, conversations actually about each other's privileges and what the privileges give them and also what the other one sees as a privilege, but what isn't actually a privilege. So there's a moment where Tandy is giving Tyrone crap, like you're complaining about your life, that you have both of your parents. So, like, excuse me, if I don't pity you, you think that you have life so hard, but you're going to go home to your nice house because he's like, you know, upper middle class. Um, the mom's a professional, the dad's a professional. Like, yeah, you lost your brother, but you still have everybody else in your life. You still have a house. You still are going to school. Like you're still doing well in school. And Tyrone's response is, check your privilege. Like, the entire world is trying to kill me just because the, my immediate world isn't. Everybody else is. And Tandy never really responds to that. Um, and I think, I think it's an important fact that she actually doesn't, because she is supposed to be this young girl who's been through a lot. She really has. And she's this young white woman who's had to struggle in a way and live on the street and steal everything she has didn't really have anybody to count on and she has a hard time seeing outside that even the reason why she's able to steal what she can and do what she can is because she does have white privilege there's a scene that shows her stealing the dress and she goes into this um she goes into this club and at the club she makes eyes basically with this other wealthy kid and he sees her so she goes home she drugs him and then steals all of his stuff she probably couldn't have done that if she was any other ethnicity she wouldn't have gotten away with it the police would have probably suspected her a lot sooner so with the guy but because she's this young blonde white woman and you know very much so like with them choosing that she is very very blonde i mean it, it looks good on the actress but it's an important physical trait of the character um that she's even able to do what she does, uh, that she's even able to successfully live as a criminal, and that if Tyrone was in that same position, would he? Would he have been able to survive so long under the radar without attracting attention? And this question actually does come up in the end when they're going after the cop who kills Tyrone's uh, brother, and ultimately what the cop does is just list Tyrone as this black kid who's on the street who killed a cop and immediately the cops show up the, at the house. And even though Tandy doesn't respond to that, we as the viewers doesn't see me, even though Tandy doesn't respond when Tyrone says, you need to check your privilege, the entire world is trying to kill me. We have his mother saying that we have Tyrone saying that we have Tandy not telling him that he's wrong, but not quite willing to admit that he's also right. And then at the end, it's like, did you doubt what he said? Well, now this corrupt cop, um, who killed one of the good cops who was actually trying to help Tyrone um, just simply list him as a black boy who killed a cop and all of a sudden the cops are surrounding his parents' house and now Tyrone is a fugitive and on the run and his entire bright, bright future is taken away from him. And I think it's important that it's done not just by one cop but by the majority cops. I like the fact that they have his ally be these two really good cops and one of the good cops ends up ends up murdered by a fellow officer and just sort of this reminder that like yeah there are good cops but even for them it's a struggle because even when they fight against the system they're putting their lives on the line the same way in all honesty a lot of us are because a bad cop has a lot of power 
Um, and there are more bad cops than good cops. And I appreciate them not trying to make like, oh, the cops are good. Oh, but the cops in this city, they're on your side. Oh, there's this one bad cop who like, you can't trust them. It's like, no, they're mostly corrupt. And if you find those two good ones, you better hope that they stay alive long enough to help you and to make a difference in their community. And at the end of the season, you know, we've watched one cop be killed. We've watched the second cop uh, being the victim of attempted murder. And you're left with this one good cop and you're like, where the crap does it leave these kids? Like, yeah, okay, Tandy can go back home now, but Tyrone is still on the on the run and the cop who accused him is gone. And the cop who was who knows that he didn't do this is thought to be dead. So where does that leave the future of this young black man? Um, I like the fact that the show really tries to address this and address these issues and what teens are facing now. It doesn't shy away from the fact that they're sexually active. It doesn't shy away from the fact that they don't just get to deal with going to school anymore um, and trying to get good grades. It's, it doesn't really rest on that. Um, Tandy actually has an addiction to, to drugs, which I think is, uh, to prescription drugs specifically, which I think is very both accurate and... Um, necessary a, a part of the character like she has her own demons to overcome and tyrone doesn't have any addictions but emotionally he's sort of stunted due to the death of his brother and still trying to live up to the expectations of his family and the memory of his brother and at the same time while he's striving to be this this beacon of all that is good ultimately he's still just a young black boy in the states who is dealing with, yeah, the world trying to kill him. So I'm excited to see where this show goes. I was really, really wary about it being adapted to television because I did find the comic book so problematic. Um, I do like the fact that they've fleshed out these characters a lot more, that they've taken these, their skills, um, their gifts, the use of hopes and fears that both of them respectively control Tandy and Tyrone and they've made him into something a little bit different like yes he can access people's fears but what does he do that yes she can access people's hopes but what do they do with it and that's what makes them the villain that's what makes them the hero um it's not just that she's the white bright beacon of angelic hope and he's the dark black man to be feared it's more like they are complete characters and what do they do when they have these powers and who are they without them? So I've been enjoying the show. I'm looking forward to season two. Um, currently, the young lady who played Tandy won an award. So congrats to her because she was great. Uh, Olivia Holt. And yeah, we'll see how season two goes. Hopefully they can keep it going well. Uh, the character... Venom showed up. She's actually, it was a nice little nod to the um, Marvel Television Universe and that she's the ex-colleague of Misty in New York. And now um, she is a cop with her own superpower. So I'm hoping maybe they'll get into what it's like to be a, a woman on the force as well and where that puts her. Um, because it's also very, I think it was very telling that rather than kill her, they killed her lover as sort of a warning to her. Um, like it was more of a statement to kill somebody she cared about than her. 
and that also they chose to have him literally fridged um, and also figuratively in that his main purpose was that he helped her character development. And so I, I appreciated that nod to the comic book conventions, but also turning it on its head and the fact that it's so uh, the female officer who now bears the burden of helping these potential heroes make the city great. So, yeah. So we'll see how Cloak and Dagger progresses. Um, that's all the wonders I have to share with you today. I hope you enjoyed this long lone wonder. It was a little bit rambling, but I had a lot of thoughts on this show. Um, to continue the discussion, you can find me on Twitter at TanagraGGNOC. Then you can find us on Anchor and Radio Public for all you Android users and on iTunes and Overcast for you iThings users. You can also listen to us while watching some awesome videos on YouTube. So leave us a message. Thanks for joining. Make choices and don't frolic.